but it'll be sung in the radio Journalist of the year from the American Conservative Union at CPAC 2015. From the TRC recording facility in Indianapolis, featuring all live musicians. Jim Including a special guest of She's a broadcast professional who's got pop culture by the throat. And she won't let go. Crank up the radio. Run for your lives, everyone. This is not a drill. She's broadcast pro Mickey White. This is the Jim and Mickey Show. Welcome to the Jim and Mickey Show. Very happy to be one of your first recording sessions in a long time. And it's going to be filmed, is that right? You know, a lot of America's problems seem to be mushrooms. There are people doing radio interviews while naked. People are wearing yellow boots. I'm seeing statues are propping up the homes of America's finest citizens. So what can we do? Join the morale majority and enjoy a really good mushroom to take away your mind from all these problems. I am Jim Garrity with Mickey White, foreshadowing our special guest coming a little later in this program. But until then, we, we Mickey, we, we have, I can't believe who we've just completed our interview with and we've got a chance to chat with. And um, it's, a, it's a nice way to kind of wrap up the month of June. It is, and since we're going to be taking a, a quick break over the next week because of, well, guess, Jim Garrity traveling again, um, then, you know, I think it's going to be a fantastic surprise for our listeners, and um, I know it was a fantastic honor for both myself and for Dave, so I hope that our listeners are super excited because coming up in this show, you will get not only Jim and I and, of course, Dave, the Magnificent, but you're also going to hear from Bob Cavoian of The Bob and Tom Show and Becky Cavoian, his wife, and most famously from Twitter and JuneBugJourneys.com. Now, for me, this is a little bit of a, uh, a moment, so to speak, my background being in radio and media and, um, and being familiar with Bob pretty much my entire adult career life. So I'm super excited that we're going to be on the air with him and you guys are going to get to share that with us. He's a superhero for me. I'm an old radio morning guy. I ended up competing against Bob and Tom and his ilk in all the markets that I worked in. Sometimes I won, sometimes I lost, but man, that guy set the standard. Dave, is this kind of like for you being, I, I would, I'm going to reverse it. So are you like Magic Johnson and you finally got a chance to interview Larry Bird? That's not a bad analogy. I, I went with the Indiana, the Indiana comparison, uh, trying to figure out who, who the appropriate parallel would be. I have a picture of myself in shorts at age 22. I look much more like Larry Bird than Magic Johnson. So it, <laughs> it could work the other way around if you include the picture. In, in light of Bob, who recently, recently got uh, inducted to the Radio Hall of Fame, what was it like to compete against Bob Cavoyan in a morning show slot? Or was it kind of like trying to guard Jordan or something? No, you like just that? ignore him. You can't do. You have to emphasize local and connect with people and let people know you're there and be places and shake hands and you know kiss babies and juggle hand avocados, out CDs. hand out CDs and test drive cars with people at the car lot. You got to be a local personality because that's the one thing that a Bob and Tom show can't offer. They can't show up at Joe's Ford on Saturday afternoon and welcome all the people who come to look at cars. They can't do it and you can't. So it becomes an excessively time-consuming thing to be a successful local morning show guy. You can't just depend on the show. you got to work like crazy to support it. That works a little easier now because of social media, but still there's no substitute for showing up. That's how you beat those guys. You ignore them. And you show up, and it takes about 100 hours a week, and I'm too old for at it. At least. At <laughs> least. I agree, Dave. I, you know, as obviously 
coming from the other side of it, but doing more remotes and events and promotions than I would ever care to do again. I mean, there are literally places on this planet that I will not name out loud because, you know, that would be mean. But there are places that other people enjoy and consider to be quite fun that when they mention them, I shudder and shiver as though they're mentioning like a dark cave that I was locked in for many years. (laughs) (laughs) They do not represent fun to me. They represent hours of my life I'll never get back. Um, for our listeners who are not familiar <laughs> with Bob Kavoyan, and, and I have to admit, I was one of those people who was criminally unfamiliar. Uh, shortly before I had a chance to meet he and Becky, um, they were kind enough to uh, kind of host an event out for National Review folks. Uh, around the time, that the National Rifle Association was meeting in Indianapolis a few years back. And he, you know, he and, and Tom had this really unique combination of occasionally, like they're morning show hosts, so they're wacky. They're zany. Probably every station has them, right, Dave? Mm-hmm. Um, but there was kind of this like this weird combination of like Midwestern homespun all American, um, and I'm going to use the word ribald, shall we say? Perhaps so suggestive. I don't off-color. even know what that word means. It means oh, verging on adult, but not actually going there. Exactly. They really figured out how this to like short hit- of blue content is what we used to call it. Yep, short of yeah. blue. There you go. And it was it was one of those things where you could just kind of hear. Uh, the kind you could listen to, the grown-ups would be listening to in the carpool and probably never hear anything too bad, uh, but nowhere near the lights of, of you know, Howard Stern or other folks. who could, there, there was nothing shock jock about Bob and Tom. It was intelligent. Uh, yeah, it was often very smart and very kind of uh, intriguing and you know, um, neighborly. I, I guess you know, when, when Bob announced he was ready to uh, uh, retire, I, I, the, the outpouring of folks was like they felt like their friend was moving away. Or he uh, died. And- <laughs> well, the way that they talked about it, you would have thought that he died. And I say that because clearly after being on the air for 30 plus years, that's sharing a life with people. You get up every morning and you turn on your morning show. And this is what Dave was saying about being personable and you know connecting with your listeners. You get up for 31 years and you spend three hours a day with these people. Every time you get in your car, you're commuting in with these people. And in this case, it was Bob Cavonian. And he has the ability to bring the warmth, as you mentioned, of that Midwest kind of boy next door mixed with the elfin like character of Puck, where he also likes to talk about boobies and things like that, but it never quite gets to, he's like the Peter Pan. It never quite gets to what, again, we used to call blue content. Instead, it just comes off as very charming and funny and, you know, what we, before the world of PC, would just consider flat out funny. The perpetual 10-year-old's view of adult content, and he doesn't know anything, so that's part of why it's so charming. Yes, it's fantastic. And again, they they set the standard. And to be inducted into the Hall of Fame while he was still on the air is just, you know, again, for the little radio girl heart in me, um, it it makes the heart swell with pride that I actually got to share airtime with him. And um, it's probably going to be the highlight of my radio career thus far. (laughs) Well, when the Jim and Mickey show gets nominated and uh, put into the Radio Hall of Fame, we'll just have Bob come and stand on the podium with you and give a speech for you that. <laughs> oh that sounds fantastic i can't wait well, i'm envisioning going through mickey's head right now the bob and mickey show <laughs> <That's> um, <right. laughs> 
I did threaten you with some guest hosts if you were going to be gone for more than a couple of weeks. <laughs> Once every four years, I journey to both uh, cities hosting the uh, the conventions of the major parties. Uh, I understand Cleveland. Uh, whatever has not burned down because of the NBA championship will uh, be burning down in, in the Republican convention in a few weeks. I only regret I uh, don't live there anymore. I did the morning radio show at WGAR-FM in Cleveland for three years, not during the Republican convention. <laughs> oh, how I would love to be live on the air downtown Cleveland in the next couple of months. <laughs> oh, how I would love that. And, uh, you know, laid-back, easygoing Philadelphia, uh, known for its exceptionally nutritional dining choices. And, uh, <laughs> I was going to say, just make sure you wear, like, a hat and visor in case they decide to throw eggs and or snowballs. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I'm wondering if I can go uh, infiltrate with the, the Bernie Sanders folks at that one. to say, oh, you can't stand Hillary. I know exactly where you're coming from, my Go friend. get your picture taken um, with the Rocky statue, would yeah. you? Oh, but, yeah, totally. Uh, you got to do that. Totally. I, I was going to say, considering how the past conventions have featured, you know, hurricanes uh, in St. Paul, I got tear gassed. Um, <laughs> it's kind of. That's awesome. Yes. You know, uh, some congress. Oh, Rob Simmons, who was a congressman from Connecticut, got like eggs and, and I don't know, bottle. He was bleeding at some point um, and all that kind of stuff. This was, I've always That was said, the first year you really saw big, violent protests. When policemen like see I didn't know Jim you were Garrity. going to conventions in 1968. When policemen see Jim Garrity, they have an urge to throw tear gas. He just has that violent look about <laughs> he him. He has that look about him. <laughs> I, I myself have found I've, I've never put much pepper on my, my food ever since then. I've, just don't have a taste for it? Um, and it? It really has become kind of standard. It used to be, you know, we feared the terror attacks at a, at a convention. Now it's just kind of like there's going to be protesters. There's going to be the black mass. Everybody from the Seattle WTO protests back in 1999. Videotape everything. I, I would just like to because as my as the listeners may be finding out now, I am not going to any of this craziness. <laughs> so I will be safely doing other things that sound so much more fun. However, I think that Jim should do some live streaming on our Facebook page just for the rest of us to watch. Yeah. I am fleeing from the angry crowd. <laughs> Put your iPhone in a plastic bag so the tear I'll gas doesn't affect it. Ow, ow. <laughs> ow, throwing that at me. <laughs> Tears streaming down his cheeks. I want to see that now. I want to see that. We'll have crying instead. If you can get me a picture of crying Garrity listeners, um, and for those of you familiar with the crying Jordan meme, you'll know what I want. Um, I will be forever grateful. And uh, coming up, I'm so excited, guys. I can hardly contain myself. Coming up, we are going to be talking with the one and only power couple of radio. Bob Cavillian and Becky Cavillian, and we're going to be talking about Bob and Tom's show, The Retirement, and her fantastic JuneBugJourneys.com. I'm Mickey White. He's Jim Garrity, and we'll be right back. You from Paytel Records, 22 explosive hits, 22 original stars, Gallery. Oh, it's so nice to be with you. The great Sammy Davis Jr. Ooh, the candy man can. Liver snaps traits are made with real liver, and dogs love them. Ukulele, baby, you can play me, you can lay me, satisfy me in Hawaii. Ukulele, lady, you can lay me. My ukulele, baby. Welcome back to the Jim and Mickey Show. I am Mickey White, along with my co-host, Jim Garrity, and we are welcoming some very special guests 
with us today, T-Jams. Jim, would you like to introduce them? Sure. Uh, we've had some nice guests here on the Jim and Mickey show, Mary Catherine Ham, Guy Benson. But Mickey, I don't know how you pulled this off. I don't know what you promised to Becky. I don't know <laughs> what, uh, what cash transfers there were, but we are flattered, honored, and a little overwhelmed. Uh, to be joined by, first, Bob Kavoyan, the radio legend inductee into the Radio Hall of Fame, host of the Bob and Tom Show for a mere 32 years, uh, now enjoying retirement and sounding not all that inactive in his retirement, and his better half, Becky Kavoyan. Yeah. Yes, you would be the better half. That is, uh, uh, that is probably one of the brightest lights in the world of Twitter, in Twitter, which has turned into this cesspool of anger and sneering and insults and, and just the worst of it. Becky shines like a light. <laughs> I, my, I always cheer up when I see her uh, and see her observations. A, a voice of sanity in a sea of, of, uh, of lunacy. Uh, so, Becky and Bob, first of all, thank you for joining us. And and two, I guess we, you know, we just kind of begin. Is this when so, I get to fangirl for just like a second? Go right ahead. Because <laughs> I'm yeah. so excited. And uh, and to me, as you know, obviously my background is in radio and television. And um, while I never worked with Bob and The Tom Show, to say that I was familiar and admiring is um, an understatement to say the least. So I am just thrilled that you guys are here. So thank you so much. Well, our pleasure. Thank uh, you. Thanks for uh, taking the time to have us on. So as it seems, you know, as Jim was saying, you guys have kind of taken retirement to a whole different level. Tell us a little bit about what you guys have been up to. And Becky, I know you're kind of taking advantage of this time to make it about you. Uh, it, everything is about me. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> we are traveling a lot. We're enjoying each other's company. We have a lot of family here locally. We're in Indianapolis, for those of you who might not know. And uh, so we're doing good things at home and good things on the road. But maybe you should let Bob tell a little bit about his process leading up to retiring. Retiring. Oh, please I don't know. do. Please do. Tell us how you got there. Oh, I got to retirement? <laughs> uh, well, uh, I got tired of uh, waking up. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I waking, get that. Waking up at a certain time. Uh, but, you know, I put in 32 years. I just turned uh, 65. And uh, last year we were uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame. And I figured what an, what an ideal time to uh, step away. Absolutely. Finishing on top is the way to go. I mean, you learned that, obviously, from, you know, football players, et cetera, because I know you guys are big Colts fans as well. Oh, yeah. But the, uh, the thing about most Hall of Fames – you have to be retired for five years to be even considered, mm-hmm. and, or you have to be dead. Right. Yeah, that's and, kind of a uh, deal luckily, breaker. <laughs> uh, neither one were the case for me. <laughs> so uh, I got to uh, make the choice, and Becky and I had uh, been, uh, already been hitting the road and traveling a bit, and we really enjoyed it. And we figured, well, now we won't have any restrictions. We can come and go as we please. Oh, that's fantastic. I have been enjoying um, just living vicariously through you. Specifically, um, I think that you guys are doing retirement better than anyone I know. Um, and I say this because you seem to really be enjoying it. And do tell me, how did it lead up to you spending so much time in Bora Bora? Oh, well, well, that was easy. Uh, we didn't have to set up a trailer there. <laughs> I was like, that, seemed, that seemed like a long drive. Uh, yeah, a, yeah. Long, a long, da- a damp drive as well. You know what? Yeah. About I don't know now. Four years ago, 
I don't know when Bob had seen this on a movie. He saw this Vin, Vin Diesel. Is it was a Vin Diesel movie called Triple X. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it's not, not, the it's not what you think. It's a cinematic uh, classic. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I uh, remember that. And there he is after he's, you know, obviously killed all the bad guys. He's lounging on a uh, what appears to be a, uh, I guess, a deck staring at this beautiful mountain. And I'm going, where in the world is that? And I looked it up, and it turned out to be Bora Bora. And I told Becky, we're going to go there someday. And this was probably 10 years ago. Oh, well, wow. That's yeah. fantastic. A man who follows through with his promises. He did. Yeah. And he also said, it'll be our retirement gift to each other. When I retire, we'll go at you know the end of the year. We'll, we'll go in January to Bora Bora. Of course, we have to wait till the Super Bowl is over because right. you never know when the Colts are going to be in. So three years ago, Bob intended to retire. So it would have been uh, 2013. I don't know what year it was, you guys. I'm old. But our assistant, we actually fired our assistant the day we hired her. We said, okay, you're hired. And then your last day will be Bob's last day on the air. But your last job will be to help plan this trip to Bora Bora. So we went in 2014 to Bora Bora, but Bob did not retire. So then when he did retire, of course, we had to go back. Of course. <laughs> Correcting the historical uh, error there. Exactly. I, I, I use Vin Diesel for all of my retirement planning as well. Um, <laughs> and and Jim should. And, uh, honestly, he has the best places. I went to a planet where it got to be 700 degrees during the daytime, and the animals were really big and mean. So I've given up the Vin Diesel travel agency. Myself. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, the other thing is that Vin Diesel, his, environmental, his uh, retirement plans are all good for the environment. Uh, oh, yes. Prepared to be so, unleaded, at least. So, mm-hmm. very true. Well, I think everyone listening to this podcast should put Bora Bora on their bucket list. If you have a bucket list, we didn't really have a bucket list, but we went anyhow. It's the most magically beautiful tropical location. There's nothing else like it. Your pictures alone, as you know, as you were posting them, I'm like, Becky, I want to be you. I want to be with you right now. It was so stunning and beautiful. And I I do appreciate you sharing those vacation photos with us because, again, I'm a big fan of both of you. So it was like being on vacation with you. It was fantastic. Thanks. It's really fun. We should point out for anyone who's uh, thinking of following in the Kavoyan book uh, footsteps, Please be careful in your Google searches uh, in that Bora Bora is this beautiful tropical island. Tora Bora is where we tried to bomb Bin Laden back in late 2001. <laughs> oh, that's Afghan, funny. Pakistan. You don't want to plug those directions into Google Maps and end up no. in the wrong place. That's no. <laughs> I didn't know that. Bob, I got to ask you something. I'm, a, I'm an old radio guy, and I have yeah, just long enough at this and that station to develop good relationships with audience members, a lot of which have carried over today. I find on social media people who listen to me here and there, you know, 30 and 35 years ago, and it's it's very nice to have those long-term relationships. It's a good, warm way to remember the career. You were on the air nationally, Armed Forces Radio too, and you had generations of Americans who listened to you uh, – Every day, everywhere. What are your relationships with listeners like now? It must be on a massive scale, and you really can't even keep up with it. But uh, how well, how much of your day do you devote to people who just flat out love the Bob and Tom show? Oh, uh, well, the the Bob and Tom show is still uh, in full gear. Tom and Chick are uh, running it with uh, some new cast members, and it's uh, it's doing very well. I myself 
keep in touch uh, usually uh, via Twitter. I uh, if I have a thought, I'll, I'll post it, and uh, that's about it. Really, is uh, uh, being on the road as we are. Uh, that's for me the best way to uh, keep in touch with folks. I get a lot of fans. People I was going to say you're going to meet them instead yes. of just see them on social media, which is absolutely fantastic and must be a thrill for your fans because, as you know, um, I was kind of there when Bob first got onto Twitter and getting used to it, and I remember the outpouring of love oh. when he first opened up his account. Yeah, the the Twitter wasn't a, a plan. Uh, I was, uh, for, for the most part, uh, told to do it by Colts punter Pat McAfee. He said, uh, "Oh yeah, he, he's great. He really is. Uh, he has a lot of followers. A very, very funny man." And he said that uh, what I do is perfect for Twitter. And so he came over to the house and showed me how to actually operate Twitter because I had no idea uh, how it worked. We had actually resisted it for quite a long time. We knew about it. Chick, their sports guy from the show was active on Twitter, and I thought it was stupid. One of my sons had said, Mom, it's like sending a text to everyone you know. Yes. And I'm like, why would anyone want to see anything <laughs> I have to say? Everyone I know? That seems so stupid. I couldn't understand it at all. <laughs> it but Twitter's hard. It is, but once you're in, oh my gosh, it's so much fun. It really is. It really can be the best time. Because you can talk to anyone and people like you too. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, Bob, I thank you for coming on to Twitter. And I know that a lot of your hardcore fans were thrilled to still have the ability to have contact with you after you had retired. And um, I know that you got a lot of messages from a lot of fans. Were there anyone in particular that stood out? Uh, No, I can't say so. No, I don't think so. Well, I think one of the things that, that was meaningful to me when I we, we joined Twitter the same evening and uh, I began Twitter with posting more personal things about Bob mm-hmm. because uh, Bob is funny. He's hilarious. And so he, he uses Twitter more with <clears throat> hilarious hashtag punchlines and that kind of thing. And then I was kind of giving a backstory for Bob that fans had absolutely no opportunity to know before. Pictures of his office, pictures of his silly things. He has so many boobs around our house, you can't <laughs> imagine. Boobs, pictures, well, You're kind of known for that, so you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, a man knows what he likes. I mean. <laughs> True. And so I was showing kind of that back like, peek behind the curtain for Bob, and that's why uh, the fans started following me as well, because Bob's not going to do that. He wouldn't I don't think. He rarely does that kind of thing. I'm going to share my boobs with other people. <laughs> you thought so, the leg lamp from A Christmas Story was a big deal. Oh, yeah. That. Yeah, <laughs> he has everything. So, but anyhow, so the fans love the opportunity. I think one of the things that makes it really special is that they can actually have their own one-on-one response from Bob. Yeah. Where people get, they don't expect to get a reply. If you write to whoever, let's say somebody big like Kim Kardashian, uh, she's not going to reply to you and make have a conversation, right. but Bob will. And I have a nicer ass. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, Becky Cavoy is the one woman VH1 behind the music. for. Bob. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. The real story behind what he meant. That. And as yeah. one, of the, one of the folks lucky enough to go to the... Uh, uh, the Cavoian Estates in uh, Indianapolis. His his description of the uh, prominent displays of female anatomy everywhere around the house are stunning. 
uh, both both the the selection and variety and uh, size lift by every measurement you want to compare. Uh, uh, yes, indeed. One segment, but we will be right back with Becky and Bob Cavoian right after this. We're going to hear more about Junebug Journeys. Keep it right here. Morning, Q95. Who's this? Kathy Robertson. Kathy Robertson. Can you uh, name that tune, please? It's the Frugal Gourmet. The Frugal yeah. Gourmet. Is someone tickling you? <laughs> what? Is someone tickling you? Can I help? No, this sounds I- like fun. <laughs> We want to come over. Where are you calling really? from? Where I'm are you calling call- from? The Georgetown Dental Group. No, you are correct. It is. It's the Frugal Gourmet. Oh, I'm so excited! I always watch it on Saturday. Okay, do you, we did that today because um, uh, George Lopez, the comedian, is here, and uh, we brought him in from Los Angeles a week early because I have to be in this celebrity chili cooking contest. I figured who oh. could cook chili better than a man? Buenos nachos. With a name oh, like gracias. Jorge Lopez. Do you speak Spanish? Hablo <laughs> español. Fajita. Marsha, what happened? Peter hit me in the nose with a football. I can't go to the dance like this. Well, I'm sure it was an accident, sweetheart. An eye for an eye. That's what Dad always says. Hmm. Never said that, honey. Shut up! Welcome back to the Jim and Mickey Show. I am Jim Garrity, joined by Mickey White with Big Dave Perkins behind the board. And our extra special guests, Bob Kovoyan, the radio legend, and his lovely wife, Becky Kovoyan. <clears throat> now, technically, Bob is retired, but he seems very active for a retired man. Uh, and he and Becky apparently have enacted a, a new project uh, entitled Junebug Journeys. So I'm going to pitch it to, Pe- to Becky directly. What, what is Junebug Journeys, and where did this idea come from? Well, you probably need to say dot .com. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I, Man, promote! I feel like Dick Morris, get it attached to your name legally. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we bought an Airstream trailer. This is before we were retired. Uh, basically by accident. We were going to camp down at the Indy 500 a few years ago uh, in a kind of a, a group camp out across the street just to tailgate, stay overnight, and be handy for the getting into the race the next morning. And my younger brother uh, from up in Chicago decided he was going to come, and we didn't have any place for him to stay. So we were like, you know, we should get one of those little Airstream Bambies. They're cute. That'd be neat. And we did it's a 16-foot trailer that has uh, everything you need except for room. <laughs> so we started with that, and uh, Airstream is really smart because these darling little 16-foot trailers are really fun, and they last you as long as you want, but most people, like us, trade up almost immediately because you run out of space. They're super cute, but... We moved up to a 25-foot one after less than six months, I think. So what you're saying is you were kind of the trendsetters for the tiny house living? Exactly, yes. <laughs> you know, as an aside, when we built our house, we used this uh, system, this uh, kind of theme called the not-so-big house. Mm-hmm. It's about making a great house without the gigantic square footage, the not-so-big house. And so now we live that with our with our trailer as well, the Airstream. I'm a bit of a claustrophobe, of so I'm out. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say the Cavoian estate. Um, I, I don't know if you guys want to get specific about it. I don't want stalkers showing up at your doors or anything. But uh, you like to use the term compound. compound. There you go. It's an armed compound. I, I, I don't know it if it's a bunker, uh, but but in terms of like you know, I, from sheer architecture to variety to a place that just looked like it was full of fun. 
um, you know, across between like, this is basically the Indianapolis version of Wayne Manor. It struck me. <laughs> I, I really forgot secret passages, a secret life. You, pro- you know, Bob probably Does he have a bat cave because that would be awesome. Oh yeah, we did. we're in the bat cave right now. Oh, excellent. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Nikki, you'll be interested to know how we get into this secret room. It's Bob's uh, recording studio and writing studio, uh-huh. but there's a way to open the secret passage door, Bob. I believe Jim Garrity has uh, opened the door. Oh, I have not. My hands are you. There are no fingerprints. So Do you grab it? Open sesame. Two big shiny boobs. Uh, bust. Uh, <laughs> and, I love I mean, it. and I mean bust without a head on it. Uh, of uh, very large bosoms, and uh, you turn uh, the left nipple to the right, and it opens a secret door. Oh, that is fantastic. It's really true. It's like a cross between the old uh, Batman TV series of bu- the bust of Beethoven they would open. Yes. Yeah. And like the Indian Temple Davidas or something like that, if you've ever seen those. All I can say is that all of your listeners that are listening currently just want to hang out with you more. <laughs> I know. That's fine. Like, wait, you twist the right nipple? That's fantastic. I, I recall watching this and thinking, am I dreaming this? This, this seems <laughs> surreal and Freudian. And mm-hmm. I have I had a bit to drink that evening, but not enough to, you know. Bob and Becky are old enough to remember that uh, it's kind of like a Matt Helm movie, something Dean Martin would do. Oh, oh I love Matt Helm. Oh, <laughs> Me yes, too. Absolutely. And who are you calling old, by the way? Old enough. I said old enough. We share an age group, okay? Not like these young whippersnappers on this show with me. Yeah. Right. I mean, there are times, and I will admit that Dave does occasionally have to explain some of his <laughs> pop culture references to me. It's just not Matt Helm, not to me. I, I loved all the Dean Martin movies. Yeah. So at JuneBugJourneys.com, uh-huh, um, you. no problem. Um, at JuneBugJourneys.com, what can people expect to find? Well, uh, when we go on a journey, a trip around the country somewhere, I like to, I started out with this idea to just update our family and close friends so that I didn't have to post all that stuff on Facebook or send texts to everybody with pictures of where we were. But I also, as we started, as we got that website up and running, I found that it was a great outlet for me. I really enjoyed the writing about where we've been, kind of our destinations, our experiences, and we like taking pictures, and that way we kind of all put it all together. I had been following quite a few Airstream blogs prior to starting our own, and some of them were dry, some of them were boring, some of them were too techy for me, and I wanted to kind of have a more uh, a little piece of my own personality to it. So it's Absolutely. sort of silly, silly and fun, and. Um, a lot of pictures I, of our dogs and us. And- yes, I certainly recommend it um, for anyone who is interested in it. And, you know, it's it's great for people who are into camping and travel, but it's also good for people who don't have the opportunity to do that because the way that you write, it feels like you're included in the trip and getting to know you, your family, your sister, your dogs. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really um, a great way for you guys to both stay connected with your fans, but also to kind of create new fans. I think so. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of uh, – uh, we're, uh, as we've all discussed, we're at a certain age. And uh, a lot of people our age are moving into the RV world. It's amazing how many are being sold uh, these days mm-hmm. because of uh, the baby boomers retiring. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. And one of the biggest things that, you know, we did the bucket list a couple weeks ago. Actually, I think it was last week. You mentioned earlier, Becky, for our listeners. And travel was a big thing on their list. And while a few people mentioned it, it was drive the entire country. Mm-hmm. And That's kinda, our plan. To me, well, that implies RV. Mm-hmm. Well, we're in the process of doing that. Uh, there are so many beautiful places in America that... I don't think a lot of people realize that are here. Everyone wants to go to Europe or, you know, uh, South Africa or whatever the case may be. Or the Caribbean. Or the Caribbean. But there are so many beautiful spots in our great states that uh, I'd like to see them before I die. And I love that you guys have a tendency to do the roadside stop-off. Uh-huh. with kind of every little travel thing that's along the way. Um, and I, I hate to put you on the spot again, but in in your travels, are there any really odd things that stood out or things that you would definitely tell people you've got to see this? Well, I started a little uh, segment of the website, which isn't complete yet, but it was going to be like oddities across the country, like the world's largest ball of string or yes. those kinds of stupid things. We've seen so many stupid things. Yes, but those are so but much fun. The stupid They are, are fun. They're, and I had just said to Bob not very long ago, we are seeing the country in a whole different way than we used to. We used to go to hotels. We would travel for work or for pleasure. We'd go to these beautiful hotels, have beautiful meals, beautiful restaurants, do a little shopping, and that was it. But now we see... The country, we're seeing the roadsides, we're seeing the mountains, the hills. It's just driving by lakes that we would have never seen otherwise. We try to stay off the interstates as much as we can Mm -hmm. so that we really see the kind of the real part of the nation. Oh, oh, I wanted to bring up, we just found out, maybe you already knew this, that Clarence Thomas and his wife, Ginny, are RVers. Yes, it was 60 minutes they said that. And apparently every time when he's the, the court is not in session, they do that across that. Isn't that the coolest thing? That I'm really is. Company. Do they make I an know. Airstream big enough to carry Secret Service men? <laughs> no, he said no. I'm just going to wonder how many speeding tickets he's gotten out of. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Justice Thomas, I'm sorry. Uh, just, oh, you know, they have one of those giant buses, yeah. I, apparently. We wish they had an Airstream because, man, I would be promoting the heck out of that. If yes. You're- I'm sure. And you are the queen of promotions. I, I live to be you. That's all I'm saying. We do love it. We do love it. So. And I see some of the crazy things. Where are we going with that on the website? Because I do enjoy them myself because, you know, I'm kind of a freak and I find those very entertaining. Well, then you've gotten me motivated. We'll get right on it. My son is our webmaster and I'll Fantastic. just time to get that thing rolling. Yay. Thanks for the idea. Absolutely. It's one of my favorite little things that I've seen you guys posting about just some random things. And, uh, and of course, our listeners know that I'm addicted to both HGTV and the Travel Channel. Mm-hmm. And, of course, both of them you know, have a tendency to have stories about little areas and little towns and whatnot. And one of my favorite things I think I've ever seen was just a roadside stop where someone decided to start building their own dinosaur park. Out of the middle of nowhere? Yeah, out in the middle of nowhere, not related to dinosaurs in any way, but he just started, like, paper mishing dinosaurs in his yard. <laughs> if you build okay. it, they will come. They will, yes. they will drive by. If you build it, JuneBugJourneys.com will be there. <laughs> Boy, the guy with the half-buried Cadillac Park in West Texas is going to have to step up his game, I see. Yeah. There's one of those with Airstreams as well. <laughs> but I don't remember where it is. 
I wish I did. The dinosaur right guy, ironically named John Hammond. Uh, you know, <laughs> he started out on an island in the Caribbean somewhere. It didn't work out well. So now we switched to paper mache out in middle America. It's nice. <laughs> well, it always just struck me as one of those things where someday this guy woke up in the morning and thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put a dinosaur in my front yard. And did it. And then did that like a hundred more times. I bet it was his wife somehow. Somehow his wife pissed him off. <laughs> you know, I'm going to be out making dinosaurs in the yard for a while. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he wanted to do something, you know, put a basketball court in, something. And she said no. And he's like, fine. I'm just going to put dinosaurs all over the place. Anything would be better than a basketball court. <laughs> fine. Just fine. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much. And we, if you guys don't mind, we'd love to keep you around for another segment. Sure. I would love to speak with Becky about her hunting for morels and also speak to you, Bob, about, you know, what's next? Oh, uh, this is it, kiddo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we will right? cross that one off the list. We'll be right back. I'm Mickey White. He's Jim Garrity. And you're listening to The Jim and Mickey Show. This portion of The Jim and Mickey Show brought to you by Dickens Cider. Hi, Nick and Sonny Love here to tell you that we just bought the Dickens Fruit Company. For years, the makers of Dickens Orange Juice and Dickens Lemonade. We asked the company's founder, Anita Dickens, to come up with a brand new apple drink. And before we knew it, we had our Dickens Cider. When she's really parched, say open wider. She's gonna want a big Dickens Cider. I know my own needs. And what I need from an automobile, I know I get from this new Cordova. I could ask for nothing beyond the quality of Cordova's workmanship, the tastefulness of its appearance. I request nothing beyond the thickly cushioned luxury of seats available even in soft Corinthian leather, for which there can be no price. In Cordova, I have what I need. Welcome back to the Jim and Mickey Show. I am Mickey White along with my co-host Jim Garrity and we are here with the world-renowned Bob Cavoyan of the Bob and Tom Show and his lovely wife who is also world-renowned in her hunting of morels. Becky, thank you guys so much for hanging around and, and telling us about your life post-retirement. And uh, Becky, I could not possibly have you on this show without asking you about your hunting of morel obsession. Because as far as I can tell, you have like an entire system. Oh my gosh, you can't even imagine. I wear camo. I've got a, a revolver strapped to my hip. I have a mesh bag. and I Is have that so the mushrooms don't see you coming? <laughs> exactly. Well, you never know what you're going to uh, find out in the wilderness. There could That's be uh, wild animals or a guy trying to steal your mushrooms. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's Good teamwork, show. too. The truffles look out for the morels and so forth. <laughs> Very well, dangerous. Funny. I actually started wearing camo because uh, we live on uh, quite a lot of timber. But we are near a relatively busy road, and I did not want people who also hunt morels to see me out there hunting said morels because they might come back when I'm not there and take mine. Well, honey, you shouldn't wear the yellow boots then. <laughs> I do wear the yellow <laughs> boots. That's true. You can see those. Coming. 
finder? That's that's the only thing I could see walking in the woods, just a pair of yellow boots. It's very weird. <laughs> okay. Well, creep them out enough to stay away from your morels. Mm-hmm. Now, I should probably just back up by saying what morels are. Some people won't know what the heck we're talking about, but it's a, it's a variety of mushroom that grows wild in the woods uh, in the early spring. So sometime in Indiana, sometime between the middle of April and the 1st of May. You really only have two or three weeks to find them. I know roughly where my good spots are, but um, I've branched out now. I do a lot of traveling with the June bug or with our steely van. And uh, we go camping at state parks, and I have good spots that I find mushrooms. They're delicious. They're indescribable. If you haven't had morel mushrooms, I recommend you try them. Really Do you understand now why I, I feel like she's the expert? I am. Um, much like your, your Twitter bio said for years, you are, in fact, the expert. That's all my Twitter bio says. <laughs> <laughs> now, as, as, as the morale amateur, uh, and if you're wondering what kind of, of you know, New Jersey suburban-grown East Coast <laughs> inside the Beltway dweeb wouldn't know what a morale is. Yeah, loser. Um, I totally wasn't Googling it two minutes ago, and I did not think that actually it was somehow related to the morale majority. Um, <laughs> Nice. I now see this. So, by any chance, I'm going to put it. This is a non-hallucinogenic mushroom. Am I correct? That's correct. I've had uh, the other. Kind. I don't think we need to go into that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about a long time ago. Oh yeah, long yeah, time ago. Use the, use what everyone else uses. Back when I was young, or back in college, remember little oh, uh, yeah, little yeah, Carlos totally. Castaneda action, huh? Old people, yeah. you get that one. Oh yes. <laughs> yes, he, and again, shoom, right over my head. But, <laughs> All right, I think that Dave and I will do a show together. <laughs> too. Like uh-huh. suddenly, you and David, like like Dave said in his dream, it would be the David Bob. Show. That's right, and the audience will be getting up out of their wheelchairs, clapping on every bit. Yeah, <laughs> so, hey, you bet. I, I need to know, Becky. One, how did you find out that you really like these? And two. How long have you been doing this, and how do other people find out like which ones they can eat, or as Dave mentioned, which ones will send them on a trip, so to speak? Well, there's a saying in the mushroom hunting world that um, if we know what I know what a morel looks like, I'm confident when I pick one that I'm picking a morel mushroom. But if you if you pick some mushrooms while you're out in the woods and you're unsure of whether to eat them, make sure you leave one uncooked in your fridge so that when they find your dead body the next day, <laughs> they know what you ate. <laughs> I won't ever note. I ate this. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, won't I, I was expecting some sincere wisdom, and in fact, I got some. <laughs> it's true. I only eat morels. Now, some people do suggest that I try branching out into other ones, and I'm just not confident. And, and morels are so delicious that I don't see any reason to bother you can buy the other kind at the store you know what if you tried one you'd know it's there's it's indescribable it's earthy and yeah there's not the taste of a morel uh especially becky prepares them there's nothing uh as wonderful as that mushroom i know i can't wait till april (laughs) (laughs) i'm ready a widow for six weeks during the uh, mushroom hunting season only 10 months ago Yep. Oh, yeah. Well, he takes me on the journey with the June bug now. So I've gotten him to go as far west as Missouri and as far north as Michigan uh, to find them because what, their seasons will start at a different time than ours. And I'm so not now ready you can travel to hunt. 
Yes, we can because he's not working. Yeah, now do a morel safari. Picturing a morel black market, uh, <laughs> some you know we're running afoul of FDA regulations <laughs> of these extremely powerful mushrooms. <laughs> Jim, uh, Jim, let me tell you this: uh, you're darn close. The morel mushroom sells for fifty dollars a pound. Wow! Oh my God! Right. No wonder you're hunting them. So it's not yes. a, it's, you don't it want to buy gold. them. And usually when I cook them at night if, after a day of hunting and I've sautéed them in some delicious butter, um, we'll take our first bite and I almost invariably say, this is why I hunt. <laughs> that first bite is just unbelievable. And by the way, when uh, when we find uh, morels, we don't sell them. We keep them ourselves. Oh, yeah. so, uh, if you find them in a market here in the Midwest, they are extremely expensive because they're hard to find and they only come out uh, for a few weeks a year. And so you, you might know. hunt all day, all damn day, and find <laughs> less than a pound. And for someone, I'm a Western Pennsylvania girl, um, and I grew up with the moonlight mushrooms, like the little white cap things that had no flavor. So yeah. I have no love for mushrooms, so you're <laughs> suggesting that this will change my world. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. We'll have some kind of a gathering here, and you'll bring the Tea Jams crew, and we'll have mushrooms. Fantastic. As long as you're cooking, that sounds fantastic. Because uh, every time you describe... Dave and I, I in the back. <laughs> <talk about this. laughs> That's right. We'll have a satellite uplink and we'll go live and it'll be fun. They're talking about some guy. I think he was in the War of 1812. I'm kind of vague on that reference. So I just have this feeling if you happen to find enough of them. Like I know you're saying you never sell any. No. But I'm picturing the day you find an enormous trove oh. of them. And you turn into the Indianapolis-based Morel Cartel, oh, uh, controlling yeah. the distribution and. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like Becky'd be the overseer in that. That's She'd right. be like the kingpin of morels. The one I that... would be like Midas. Okay, I'm not giving them away. I'd be sitting <laughs> in the pile. She would count them and watch them burn. I would just count. I would just look at them. I'm not kidding. In the winter, I'd go through. It's like porn. It's like <laughs> mushroom porn. I. I Hey, Dave, it's nothing like porn. <laughs> Bob and I, we were around before there was porn, so. Somehow I think we've got our episode title now, Mushroom <laughs> Porn. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw them open for uh, Motley Crew back in the 80s. <laughs> no, it's great. i got to ask you, it. though, I've been trying to get this question in all day. Now I know for 50 bucks a pound, pretty much anyone human will compete with you for morels. What about animals? Do they, do they get eaten by animals? Do you have to beat the animals to the morel at the right time? I don't think that's – I think that's a myth. Some people say uh, deer might eat them. I've never found one eaten, although this year I did see some disgusting slugs, and they had that – you know, if you see a slug going along, that little trail of slime, uh -huh. I've seen morels with that on it. It's disgusting. Mickey, I've got a feeling that uh, – Mickey, I've got a feeling that Becky will overlook a slime trail and gulp one down with her eyes closed anyway. I know, right? I get that impression <laughs> I get that as well. Feeling. And and so now I have to ask, so are you carrying salt with you? <laughs> Slugs? Yes, because I totally would. There's no hostas out there that I need to preserve or anything. Mm -hmm. no. <laughs> the slugs up. Now we have seen on on Junebug Journeys, I think I have the video of a snake. I've, we've encountered snakes. and It's really awful. Um, what else have I encountered? A baby deer. Oh, yeah, a little Aww. baby deer. Cute little fawn. 
You can find that at JuneBugJourneys.com. <laughs> oh, that was sweet. And it kind of uh, rhymed, too. Uh, like, that was really, really good. I like that a lot. Um, I love the way that your ability to promote has become just part of the way you speak. I want to be you. Always, always, always be promoting. Promotion should become an accent. Yes, always, uh, be, always be promoting, or as I say to Jim, always be promoting. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm just hoping that uh, when Becky heads out with her salt, uh, <laughs> that she has honored all appropriate laws. There was a seven day waiting period for the purchase of that salt. <laughs> Uh, it was you not. Know, Mike, you are egging me on. I mean, you've already said federal regulations, and now yeah, he's just trying, right? You were trying to get me on my soapbox to start preaching again. <laughs> yes, yeah, he's just baiting you. She's That's an anti-slug I'm... terrorist. This is me every single week, Becky. I sit here and I'm like, "You're just baiting me," and then I take it yep. and I take the bait and I go. Yep. I press buttons all day, literally, metaphorically. <laughs> and they look like well, boobs. I look, I look forward to the day where I am able to twist the nipple, so to speak, <laughs> yes. and see oh. the bat cave. Where can they find you now? Obviously, at JuneBugJourneys.com. They can find Bob on Twitter. Is it at Bob Cavoyan? It is. And Becky is at Bob's Fun Girl. Yes. And I would recommend that you follow both of them. I have come to just really enjoy you both so very much. And I want to thank you for being on the show. And I know Jim does as well. Indeed. <laughs> that didn't sound very sincere, Jim. No, it didn't. Not at all. He's bored already, man. It's, no, it's my Vulcan side coming out. Uh, <laughs> all right. All no, day I, long. This it's, is my it's life. Long, and I hope our paths cross again soon. Because if you, if listeners, if you're enjoying this, this is like – like thirty percent of the fun of just being around Becky and Bob in person. So um, plus we're naked right now. I just thought you'd want to know that. <laughs> I told you we dressed up. Oh, if only we done video for this one. Darn it! <laughs> I would have been the one for video. Yep. Well, thank you again for joining us. Uh, stay with us, listeners. We'll be right back to wrap up. And again, thanks again, Bob and Becky Cavillian, for being with thank us. You. Thanks. Our pleasure. Absolutely. Please do come back soon. Um, and I'm Mickey White. He's Jim Garrity. We'll be right back. Dr. Ruth, can I get pregnant when a man undresses me with his eyes? Mm. Only if he's cockeyed. <laughs> <laughs> Classic masculine fragrance. The mark of a man. Now, back to the Jim and Mickey show. Yeah! Crank up the radio! Summer's here. I'm for that. I got my rubber sand. Got my straw hat. Got my cold beer. I'm just glad that it's here. Welcome back to the Jim and Mickey show. I am Jim Garrity, joined by Mickey White. And, you know, this is usually the time in the show where we talk about this week's Trivial Tuesday contest. <laughs> but Mickey didn't do it again this week, but she has a good reason. We get to put two of our favorite features together. Mickey, give us a pup date. What is the latest in your life with your new puppy, Shiloh? Uh, hi, and I, I do want to thank uh, Bob and Becky for being with us in those last segments because it was the highlight, again, as I thought it would be, of my career. But, yes, I have failed you all once again. I know you're shocked. But... Shiloh Carnegie, the love of my life, my favorite little puppy in the world, my shepherd husky angel, 
is in the stage of puffy life where basically my life is his life and it involves this. Shiloh wakes up. I wake up. We have to go outside. Then we come back in. Shiloh needs food. Then Shiloh wants to play for a while. Then he needs to go for a walk. Then he needs a nap. Then he wakes up. Then we need to get food. Then we go outside. Then we come back in. Then we go for a walk. And this is my life right now, people. So, um, again, we have mentioned in the previous shows about, you know, mommy brain and puppy brain and things like that. Uh, it's real. And it, it, all it is I've now decided is sleep deprivation and stress. Like it doesn't really matter what causes it. That's what's going to end up happening. I'm sure everyone can hear it in Mickey's voice. She's so much more on edge than a regular show. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're I, so tightly wound. Yeah, You're well, so irritable. I, I know, right? This is, this is me at irritable. Um, but the thing about it is I love him so much that I don't care. <laughs> like, I don't care that I have to like stay up half the night. One thing he is doing for an update is he is sleeping through the night in his crate. Um However, we had some issues over the last couple nights because he's going through some teething problems and he had some tummy aches and things like that. So really, legitimately, he's doing fantastic. It's just me who is epically exhausted. We've been doing this show right now. for an hour now and you haven't uh, paid any attention to the dog. Is he dead? Uh, no, he is actually <laughs> no, he's in his little crate sleeping like a okay, good puppy. Okay, okay. And he's actually in the same room with us right now in studio, so you would know if he was not a good puppy. Or he might be dead. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> So this is the only show in which we feature Dave speculating on puppy death. Uh, we learned that we're supposed to take our, our IT and, and social media advice from the Colts punter. Pat McAfee, yes. uh, that you cannot drive to Bora Bora um, and that uh, Vin Diesel should be your plan of your retirement. Or Tora Bora. Kind of the- or Tora Bora. Yeah, or you could end up in Tora Bora if you're not paying attention. <laughs> it, 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 I will tell you, this has got to be one of the most educational, don't you think? Education is the great word. <laughs> um, educational TJM shows that we have done. And again, Something that's kind of important because, listeners, we may not be here next week um, and we're going to work on some opportunities and maybe a guest host here or there. But, you know, I do love my gym, so I'm not 100% sure about that. Uh But he's going to be traveling the world and seeing lots of things that hopefully he can report back, some good and funny stories to go along with. Um, You were actually my first introduction to meet the Cavoian, so I'd like to thank you for that. Because I knew who they were, but had not had the opportunity to meet them until um, I, I came across the, you know, the Jim Garrity. <laughs> well, um, I, I was going to say I remember at some point watching the two of you interact and getting the feeling that you guys are def- you you and Becky are definitely on this, a very similar wavelength. And I yes. believe I might be the only person on earth who's met both of you. Um, so I think I am the – there's no one who can contradict me uh, just when I say <laughs> that you guys seem like two peas in a pod. So. <laughs> two yes, boobs I, on a – never mind. Oh, two boobs, nice, yes, of course, and an homage. Technically, um, that would be four, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> and and Lord knows that, you know, she is actually a Gemini sister along with me. We do tend to be um, in agreement on most things. You will note that I did not bring the Kardashians up around her, though, she, because yeah, that is one of the things that she, she mentioned it briefly a as fan. a barb towards me, because that is one thing that we do not agree on. Not a fan. She is not a fan, and they are also Armenian, so she's very torn. <laughs> you don't have to be a fan of someone just because you have ancestor neighbors. 
I know. Right? Yeah. Zeus, the plan me, not close, not not buddy buddy. <laughs> he is having none of it. But this was a really fun show, and um, I know we don't have guests very often, but that's because when we do, they are exceptionally special, and we want to keep that trend going. And these were by far the most special guests. We've loved every guest that we've had, but. For me and probably for Dave, this was definitely a moment in our radio careers that we will not soon forget. And so a definite thank you to Bob and Becky for joining us. And thank you, Jim, for doing the introductions. Oh, look, you know, it's, this, is, this is kind of what we had in mind when we started this podcast. And we are uh, – uh, it is fun. It's also probably a nice way to give people a chance to meet some – either you probably are familiar with the Kavoians and you'll love them or you just met them and you'll love them too. Uh, and so it's probably one of the, the joys of doing a program like this. Um, not that political, a little more cultural, and hopefully a good time for all. Yeah, that is why we are here every single week, except for when Jim can't make it. And you can always find us on SoundCloud.com, Jim and Mickey Show. Please become a fan of us on Facebook.com forward slash Jim and Mickey Show. I promise I'm going to do better about keeping that going. But we are a small operation here, and we appreciate all of your input and your posts and your sharing and listening. You guys, we would not be anywhere without you. So we appreciate you, the listeners, most of all. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being with us through this journey of our own. I'm Mickey White, he's Jim Garrity, and you're listening to the one, the only, Jim and Mickey Show. And Bob and Dave and Becky. She particularly offended. I was going to say she was peed. Yes, mostly peed over the floor, though. Peed means peed on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of an alternative to the yes, I, usual expression. I okay. understand. Yeah. Uh, well, let's uh, let's uh, hit that a trivia. Few other goodies, all right. Okay. I just want to. Now we have a bonus prize in uh, this morning's trivia package. Yeah. You're still shaving? No, I'm shaving Christie's leg. <laughs> I play my ukulele like I'm playing with my baby. I finger and I pluck her. I love to play an island song. So won't you play along? My Honolulu baby likes to play my ukulele. She strums it and she hums it. She loves to sing an island song So won't you sing along Ukulele baby you can play me You can lay me, satisfy me in Hawaii Ukulele lady you can lay me My ukulele baby